Netflix began as a way to rent movies and get them sent to your home. But since then, Netflix has evolved into a media monster. Now, they not only distribute content as a premier streaming service, but also create original features. Tonight, we take a look at two Netflix originals, In the Tall Grass and Things Heard and Seen, on this edition of Shriek Previews! Shriek previews. So, Dan, we're back at our top secret out and about location. We're not in our studio tonight. We're in the secret location among real people, and we're talking about Dun 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 Netflix. Netflix. The media monster. monster. The monster mash. He did the mash. <laughs> okay, so, um, you know, I, I think Netflix really made a mark on the horror world when they a couple years ago everyone was talking about bird box Mm. which i was less than impressed with but uh shortly after that they put out uh in the tall grass Mm -hmm. which is i believe was based on a stephen king story correct and uh, a novella i don't know what the difference is between a novella and an actual novel a a, a novella is a, a girl novel so you mean if you look under the book, it's right, male, under, male yeah, parts? Yeah, exactly right. Female ah. parts and stuff like that, right. By the way, guys, here's our disclaimer by our good friend. Take it away, good friend. People, these guys are going to be talking about movies, plots, details, and all that other bullshit. If you don't want to hear any spoilers, you better turn this podcast off now. Go watch the movies, then bring your ass back. Got it? So... Yeah, in the tall grass, it starts with uh, this uh, these two people, and they're driving cross country, and uh, they they're driving past a field next to a creepy church, and they have to stop because she's pregnant and she's got a Ralph. And then in this field of tall grass, they hear a kid, "Help! I'm lost! I'm lost!" Little Tobin. Yes, little Tobin. And so they go in to rescue little Tobin, and then all hell breaks loose. So a little bit about In the Tall Grass, released in 2019, directed by Vincenzo Natal. Good old Vincenzo. Vincenzo. So um, Patrick Wilson. Yes. From The Conjuring. He's the in The Conjuring. This. And he's been, wasn't he in, was it Sinister or, no, not Sinister. He was in another horror series as well. Yes, he was. But I can't remember at the time, at the moment what it was. Yeah, it wasn't Sinister. It was, let me... But anyway, uh, he he plays what you're looking at up. Uh, Patrick Wilson plays Russ Humboldt in this, and uh, I guess he's already in the grass mm-hmm. uh, when these two couples show up looking for this little kid. Insidious, Insidious. He was in okay. Insidious one and two, and he was also in the Phantom of the Opera. He was in the Phantom of the Opera. Yes, he not not uh, he not was the Lon Chaney one. Not the Lon Chaney <laughs> one. No, he was in the uh, the musical one, and he plays Raoul. Oh, okay. Of course, he's much younger. I mean, mm-hmm. that was... Yeah, so... He, but he. I think these days he's mo- most well-known for the various Conjuring movies. Mm, yes, he is. He's uh, one of the uh, the Warrens. Yes, he's oh. Ed, Ed Warren. Ed Warren. And he does a great job. He's a great actor. He is a good actor, yeah. Oh. He also plays... Um, he's in Aquaman. He's in Aquaman? Yeah. 
Oh, what does he play? He plays like one of the bad guys, like Aquaman's brother or whatever who wants the, the throne. Oh. I'm trying to remember. It's It's been a while since I've seen Aquaman because mm. I hated it. So I put it out of my mind. But, <laughs> but um, so anyway, what did you think of this movie? You know, it was pretty good. Like the action starts, for, well, action, quoting, the story starts mm. right away. Mm. So within the first five minutes, they're into the tall grass and weird stuff happens. And the first hint that we get that's weird is when they... Him and his sister, his pregnant sister, um, not Patrick Wilson, the other guy, but yeah, uh, Patrick Wilson comes in later. But the the guy and his pregnant sister, they get lost in the tall grass and they're like, they get separated. And so they just said, okay, on the town of three, we're going to jump so we can see above the grass and see where each other is. Mm -hmm. And so they do that. And And they're like, yeah, they're mega far. (laughs) No, they were like 20 feet away from each other. And then she says, okay, let's do it again. Uh And that's when they're that's far. when they're yes. mega far, even though mm. neither moved. Mm. And because uh, even in a movie, he's like, she's like, uh, you're moving away. He's like, no, I'm standing, I'm standing still, and right he's standing here. right there. Yeah, I just I did feel that this movie was very Stephen King. Oh yeah, it it had his feel to it, uh-huh. and uh, I just liked the way like time didn't really follow the time and space didn't follow the rules in this no it did uh, not and they make good use of the camera to interpret this yes mm-hmm. yeah yep. and then they come upon the big rock which kind mm. of rules the field i guess mm. i and, thought that that was some kind of alien yeah entity. they kind of gave I, the feeling I, yeah. that i thought this was an alien movie i i compared it a lot to uh dream and the langoliers and you're right it had that both were stephen king yeah and that had that uh, stephen king feel to it they never truly explain what the rock was or how it got there or anything but they didn't really need to no but i really loved at the end with uh um the pregnant girl's baby daddy you know he shows up and whatever and goes looking for them travis travis because he sees their car in the church parking lot Mm. and uh you know, it goes through the whole story and such, and he touches the rock, and I guess it gives him, like, some power to to see through the field, and he says, uh, I'm not leaving, but you don't belong here, and neither do they, and he puts Tobin out of the field, and Tobin is, and says, don't let them come in, and Tobin catches uh, the the brother and his sister before they go into the field. Oh. So, Travis went into the field after all of them, but he puts Tobin out, like, before any of it happened. So it's like a, a time loop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, because, uh, you're right, because, cause, well, I know, yeah, because when you go into the field with the characters, and they come across Tobin, I I saw that Tobin's been there for days, because he looked all dirty and yeah. disheveled. And, uh, yeah, I like the way they played with time in this. Mm-hmm. And, good. you know, the the girl, I don't remember what the pregnant gal's name was. I, f- I forget what that was. But, you know, part of it, you you see her dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the, that's a future her that's dead because then she's alive again later on. Mm-hmm. The past. You know, so the time gets a little wonky and it was not the easiest to follow. But I think that was the point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, like I said, uh, going back to the use of special images that help the film move along. Like, uh, I like the the slow moving birds in the air. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when he looks up, the, the sun's in a different position. Travis looks up, and the sun's in a different position. What else? The the two little close ups of the raindrops that connect. Yes, man, good stuff. Good, good. Uh, I thought it was good, very yeah, good cinematography. Cinematography. And such. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole field is like a booby trap. <laughs> booby. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was, um, I really enjoyed it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially at the end because it's, you know, Tobin's out there telling them not to go into it. Meanwhile, Tobin is in the field telling mm-hmm. them, help, help. Oh, and so yeah. it's like two Tobins, a tale of two Tobins. A tale of two Tobins. I see what you did there. That's what they should have actually called it instead yeah. of in the tall grass, tale of two Tobins. So, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't at the top of my list or anything, but I would give this one seven skulls. It was a solid showing. Yes, it um, it was entertaining. I liked the story. I thought it was a unique idea. Mm-hmm. Not completely a fresh idea because I see a lot of comparisons with other movies. I like that the field itself became its own character. Mm-hmm. I like the elements like isolation. I've always said isolation is, is, is great in a horror movie. Well, yeah. And I mean, it felt like you were alone with these people in the field and there was nobody else in the world. Yeah. And yeah. uh, and I liked uh, that it was night. It was day. It was night again. It was day. You know, and it was just, you know, you had to, you had to sit and watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, to keep up with it. But um, I, um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I gave it an eight skulls. Eight skulls, okay. Mm. And um, I like the character Patrick Wilson plays of uh, Russ Humboldt. Yeah, um, Tobin's dad. Yeah, Tobin's dad. He seemed to me like a typical type A personality dude. Well, yeah, he yeah. was a, a real estate agent yeah. or whatever, but he starts to slowly come unhinged. Oh, and... yes, absolutely. And I just like the way it just that, that evolves in that character. Yeah, so... Uh... Yeah, not much more to say about it. It's it's definitely worth a watch if you've mm-hmm. got Netflix, and uh, it's I believe it was about an hour and a half long, so it wasn't uh, crazy long or anything like that. It it went fairly quick. Yep, and uh, was an enjoyable watch. Yes, it was. I gave it. Yeah, I said I gave it eight skulls. Yeah, uh, check it out. Definitely worth the watch. And now moving ahead to a brand new feature on Netflix. It just came out beginning of this month things heard and seen things heard and seen it immediately jumped to like the the top 10 watch things in netflix mm-hmm. and it's about this couple that uh they moved to upstate new york uh the the husband got a job as a, a college professor and uh they go into this old house built in the 1800s and uh nothing could go bad from that obviously. oh no 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 and then uh, things start to happen. There's, besides the, the seeing ghosts and weird things, but there's also a lot about their relationship. He's not the nicest guy we find out. He's kind of sleazy in some of the things he's doing. She struggles with bulimia. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about him is that I read him like he's a, a mild sociopath at first. And then I'm like, oh, he's a complete full-flavored sociopath. Yeah, yeah. And then he turns out to be a psychopath. Yeah, it's great. I love that. Uh, you know, oh, by the way, a lot of great actors in this. F. Murray Abraham played Salieri in uh, Amadeus, mm-hmm. won an Academy Award for that. Yep. Karen Allen, she's uh, Harrison Ford's uh, girlfriend in uh, Indiana Jones. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, I didn't know her real name, but I'm like, that's Marion. Yes, and she's a Chicago actress. I did not know yeah, that. She's from Chicago. She's, um, and but uh, she plays uh, Mare, Mar? Mare, Mare. She plays Mare. And uh, and he plays F. Murray Abraham plays Floyd. He's uh, the Floyd, professor. The, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah, the both, department head. I guess. Yeah, the department head, and both are very great characters. They they really did a great job for like a smaller roles. They, mm-hmm. I thought they really 
had a lot of depth and a lot of uh, a lot of meaning to those two characters. George Clare, he's the husband, plays by James Norton. Catherine was played by Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, and I've seen her in something else. I don't remember what. She's but. got that face, but I can't, you know, she she reminded me a little of like Michelle Pfeiffer, like a really young Michelle Pfeiffer, like era, Scarface era type. Um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Willis, George's lover, that, that girl with the uh-huh. horses, that's Natalie Dyer. She, um, most co- uh, popular for her role in Stranger Things. Oh, really? Yeah, she's Nancy in Stranger Things. Oh, that's right. That's right. And, uh... Um, yeah, it was a, a good story, kept me interested. It, it seemed very, there was a lot of little cliches, I thought, you know, the typical horror house, you know, and then the, the husband, he's kind of an ass. He's like, oh, I didn't want to upset you, so I didn't tell you about the history of this haunted house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but, but uh, I thought he was a total dirtbag. Amanda but. Seyfried, she was in, I mean, she's been in a lot of movies, but the ones I most know her from is she's in Red Riding Hood. Which is, you know, it kind of takes Yeah, further. I remember yeah. her in that. And uh, she was in Ted 2. Uh, she's in In Time. Which... which There was a Ted 2? Yeah, you didn't I, know that? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Um, what else? What else was she in? Oh, Now You See Me? Okay. And, uh, yeah, she's got a lot of movies on her credit list. Yeah, now, overall, it almost felt like the paranormal aspect of this was was secondary it was more about their their relationship relationship and such like that it's a two-hour movie and it felt like four to me i felt it really dragged and i mean i i thought the character development was was incredible but there was nothing really scary about it you know so i i thought although the the acting was excellent the character development was excellent the plot itself didn't do much for me, and I felt it was a little confusing. You know, we see kind of a part of the end right at the beginning. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. That... And afterwards, I and went I was... back and rewatched that first thing to, and pieced how it fit in, because it's not the very end. It's like yeah. the, you know, the 90% mark or whatever. So, you know, a, a good showing, but I, I gave it five skulls. mm well, yeah, you're right about that. I did notice that the, at the beginning you see that that classroom with a you know with a the projector, the projector. showing that that image of the cover of that book and and I didn't understand that and I kind of <laughs> forgot about it. And then uh, and then right after that you see uh, George running to the house or getting to the house and the little girl standing there alone. Yeah, you know, and I didn't understand that whole and thing. blood dripping and, from the yeah, ceiling. Yeah, I thought that was kind of unnecessary because it didn't really. I mean, you, you put it at the beginning, but then you explain it later. It didn't seem like it really needed to be there. Exactly, right. And why was it set in 1980? For what purpose? That's what I didn't understand. Because it was set in 1980. Yeah. And, and everything was, you know, it looked according to that time, that, that era. But but it, it, it's still kind of like, okay, but why is it 1980? Right, yeah. You know? And then, um, but... Uh, but overall, I still, even though I thought it was it was not terrible, not, not the greatest, but... Pretty good. I, I think it, you're right. What was important in that movie was a relationship, and watching George uh, this um, uncover himself to be this total dirtbag right. was find kind out of was kind of interesting. He stole his cousin's his paintings. And he probably killed his cousin. Yeah, he he uh, he faked the the letter to. He didn't even get his. You know, 
dissertation passed with his, he didn't even get his PhD and he didn't, he faked the letter of recommendation. This guy was a fraud all the way through. All the way through. Yeah. Like a total talented Mr. Ripley type of thing. Right. And, um, but, um, but I, I thought it was kind of cool, uh, just to see him, you know, come unhinged and all this, you know, all, all apart. Uh, the movie reminded me of What Lies Beneath with uh, Harrison Ford and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, where he's kind of like the husband. They move into this house. I believe she thinks it's a haunted house. And then uh, he turns out, I think, to be the the murderer. Hmm. Yeah, and, I haven't seen that one. I'll have to look that one up. total dirtbag. He's the only time I've seen Harrison Ford as a dirtbag. Ah. It's worth seeing also. But um, eh, I gave it seven skulls. I thought the production was good. I thought it was, um, eh, it didn't seem like four hours to me. It seemed like, uh, you know, like, like an okay movie. Not yeah. too bad. It's worth watching. Okay. So Dan gave it seven. I gave it five. <clears throat> In my opinion, there's a lot of, I, I'd rather watch In the Tall Grass than, than this one. Uh, there's a lot of other horror movies out there that are worth my time. That's why I, like I said, it was okay. I gave it five skulls, but it's, uh, yeah. If if you've got the choice of watching this or something else on Netflix, I'd say choose something else. Mm. Ouch! All right, but as long as it's not Suspiria, <laughs> dick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, in the tall grass and things things seen and heard. There have been other Netflix original horror movies, like oh, I mentioned Bird Box. Um, I'm not trying to, trying to think of what other horror movies Netflix has produced. Well, they make so many now. There's so many out there that are not just horror, but other genres. It's oh, yeah. I track. mean, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, the, what they say, you go into Netflix and there's so much stuff to watch. You can't pick one thing. Right. You know, and I, I, if you're like me, I'll start watching something and then I'll, then I'll start watching another thing. And then I never finish one thing. <laughs> but I this, remember. I tried to finish. I remember earlier in the pandemic, well, not earlier, later in the pandemic, after it had gone for like a year, there were memes going on like, um, okay, I finally did it, and it showed a screenshot of Netflix and said, the end. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody had watched everything on Netflix. Um, Some other Netflix original horror movies, there's Gerald's Game, another Stephen King. Is that uh, the one about the lady that gets uh, attacked yeah. in bed? Yeah. Oh, that and looks then, good. Yeah, I watched that. That was pretty good. Uh, there's one called The Apostle, which I guess is supposed to be pretty good. Creep, we had mentioned. Uh, That's Netflix? I, I guess, uh, apparently, this says... Uh, there's a Creep 2. Uh, yeah, there's a Creep 2. Electric Boogaloo. No. Um, Eli. I saw Eli. I don't know if you saw that one. That one was okay. Uh, we've talked yeah. about The Haunting of Hill House before. Mm-hmm. That See, that's the thing, too. This... Um, Things seen and heard reminded me of that one we we watched and reviewed, The Turning. Uh huh. It was really? a lot of character and didn't really seem to really go anywhere. Maybe, maybe creep isn't because this. I'm looking at this list. It says Netflix Netflix original horror movies, but it's listing some that clearly are not. Like The Conjuring, clearly is not. So yeah. I don't know. Every Netflix original horror movie ranked for 2020. So let me ask you this. Yep. About this movie, what would have made it better for you? I mean, it's a ghost story that's really kind of a drama type of interwoven. What would have made it better for you? More ghost stuff? It was weak on a ghost. Yeah. I mean, because the the plot seemed to indicate, you know, because when they're doing the seance and uh, 
Yeah, she's trying to break free, but something else is not letting her. There's there's another spirit in this house, and until it reveals itself, watch who you're around. Mm-hmm. It seemed to indicate that that other spirit is the the father or the the husband that killed the wife, mm. and it seems to indicate that maybe it has kind of possessed or influenced, uh, you know, the the, the husband. Mm-hmm. But it's never really explained. Kinda I think if like it a was Jack Torrance type of thing. Yeah, I think if they had delved more into that, and yeah, you know, I guess yeah, just more more supernatural. Yeah, I was and, weak on that. Yeah. Despite the, the F. Murray Abraham character of Lloyd doing the seance, you, yeah, you're right mm-hmm. about that part. I think I think the uh, the guy. Arguing with his co-workers and chasing Willis and all that stuff. I thought that was unnecessary. I think his first interaction with Willis at the library and he's kind of flirting with her and she's like, oh yeah, my my brother works for your wife and stuff like that. I think that was enough to establish that he's a creep. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And her just rolling over now and sleeping with him several times didn't make any sense no i mean he's he's twice her age mm-hmm. and uh it didn't really further the story at all yeah you're right about so that, yeah. that's i thought the two kids uh eddie and um cole was it eddie and cole yes i thought they were gonna be kind of assholes i thought they yeah. were gonna you know and no they turned out to be just two regular guys two good yeah good guys that they grew up in that mm. house and it was their mother that got murdered and then eddie goes and starts yeah, with, with, with the, the wife. With Catherine, and, yeah. 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 So just, weak on a ghost sauce. Yeah, weak on the ghost sauce. It needed more ghost sauce. needed, you know, to make the tentacles uh-huh. dance. <laughs> so what, to you, what makes up a good ghost movie? A good ghost movie, yeah, because I've seen several bad ghost movies. Like Crimson Peak, I thought was, was it Crimson Peak? Yeah, with, uh, um. The one dude that plays Loki. What's yeah, that's a. Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston. I was going to say Hiddleston. Yeah, I thought the visuals for that movie were great, but the movie was boring. Mm. That's what I heard. Yeah. So a good ghost story has to have a solid story. Mm. And it didn't, you know, not all this extraneous stuff. If there's going to be extraneous stuff, have it tie in specifically with the ghosts, if if this is indeed a ghost story. Mm. See, I, I think that things heard and seen wasn't really a ghost story it was a drama about a couple's marriage falling apart that and there happened to be a couple to, ghosts there yeah they happen to move in a cottage house yeah and then the husband doesn't want to worry her so he doesn't just fails to tell her yeah hey, so <laughs> it wasn't really a ghost story it was it was a story that just happened to have ghosts i wouldn't call it a, a horror movie it was a a drama. Well, I think it's hard to pull off a good ghost story nowadays because everything's been so done to death, man. I mean, you got the the, the old Victorian mansion and uh, some kind of death of some guy's crazy husband that killed the wife. It just but see, I like... disagree. Like Haunting of Hill House, the series on Netflix, pulled it off magnificently. You know, though. But yeah, they do. That's true. But for the most part, a lot of these ghost stories are kind of kind of. Run of the mill, you know. But then once in a while, like you said, you get something that's you know, like uh, haunted on Hill House, and um, it's really turns out to be really good because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but I didn't like the turning, and I didn't like the 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 other one that was the BBC version that we reviewed. Right. 
you know, there's there's other, uh, which was, I mean, if you consider, like, Poltergeist is a ghost story. You see, but that that's different because it didn't involve, like, an old Victorian mansion and, you know, this is Not an old Victorian mansion, but it was involved a modern-day suburban house. Built on a graveyard. Yes. But so, still, it was the fact that you're in uh, in familiar surroundings of a suburban house and uh, and you suddenly got all the shit going on. I thought that was kind of made it a little different. I mean, that that is a cliche. Like me and my my buddy, when I tell him I'm watching a, a a horror movie, he'll say, "Is there a struggling writer who just moved into an old house out in the country?" <laughs> because that's every movie. Yeah, even The Shining was that, right? So uh, yes, that's been done to death. But I mean, Sinister did it well. Mm-hmm. The Conjuring is a, a series of great ghost stories. So it's still possible to do good ghost stories. This one just wasn't. Mm. Now, one ghost story that a ghost movie that I'm really looking forward to, just for nostalgia purposes. Now that movies are starting to come out again, whatever. I really want to see the new Ghostbusters. Really, the one with the kids? Why? Nostalgia. It's got Finn Wolfhard, who I think, you know, up-and-coming child actor from Stranger Things and several other, uh, It and such. Uh, Paul Rudd, who I think is oh, hilarious. I love Paul Rudd, yeah. And I just think, I mean, the the last Ghostbusters, the one with the women, I didn't think was terrible like a lot of people panned it. But it certainly wasn't as good as the, the originals. Oh, nothing's going to be as good as the original, of course. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious mm. to see... How this turns out. I believe this one was either written or at least produced by Dan Aykroyd. Mm, oh, good. Uh, didn't he produce Booze Brothers 2000? Need I remind you? Yeah, well, but... Yeah, but I'll wait for it to be on video. Yeah, I know, Ghostbusters, but man, I just, I'll wait. Yeah, so that's the upcoming ghost story that I'm looking forward to. Trying to think of what other ghost stories might be coming up. I mean, we've got the new Conjuring coming out soon, and... The devil made me do it. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. So, well, any uh, any last remarks, Dan? Okay, so why do ghosts hate the rain? Why do ghosts hate the rain? Because it dampens their spirits, bro. It dampens their spirits. I hate you. I want a divorce. <laughs> All right, well, I think we'll wrap it up then. So, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Reach out to us on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Shriek Previews. Reach out to us via email, shriekpreviews at gmail.com. If you've got some ghost stories, if your one of your parents killed one of your other parents in a haunted house, let us know. Uh, that's morbid and weird. Don't <laughs> got really dark. Yeah, I got dark. Don't ask one of your parents to kill one of your other parents just so you can reach out to us. Oh, Even no. if you don't have a story, reach out to us anyway. That's yes. okay. Um, even if you just want to tell us you like the podcast or if you hate the podcast, let us know as well. But if you hate it, why did you wait so long? You, you listen to this entire episode just to get our email address. Dude, get a life. I tell you. Anyway, goodbye, folks. <laughs>